Welcome to the Dew of Heaven service with Reverend Brian Krumah. Reverend Brian Krumah brings you powerful and practical teachings of the Word of God, which is able to save your soul. Reverend Bright currently pastors the Bronx North Branch of the Kodesh Family Church in New York City, a church full of love, joy, and enthusiasm for the Lord. We pray that this message brings hope and light to your life. Listen and be blessed. Father, we are thankful and grateful this afternoon. We thank you, Lord, for your great blessings. We thank you, Lord, for the grace that we have found in you. We thank you, Lord, that you have caused us to gather in your presence. Now, Lord, we ask that you give us of your spirit to teach us. Lord, give us hearts that are fertile, hearts that the word of God can be planted on. And, Lord, we ask that you add the rain, the former rain and the latter rain, that the word will bring forth fruits in our lives. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Clap your hands together for the Lord, and you may be seated, please. Wonderful. Daniel, you are welcome. Awesome. Well, um, for a short time, I want to continue with the message that I started sharing with you last week, I began sharing a message on tithe with you, and I'm sharing from the book, Why Non-Tithing Christians Become Poor, and How Tithing Christians Can Become Rich. Amen. Amen. This is a book that I believe every Christian must read, every Christian must have and read. It's a very wonderful book, and I want you to open your heart and receive the engrafted Word of God. Open your heart that the Word of God can have effect on you. Amen. Amen. Don't close your heart to certain messages. Do you understand? Do not ever close your heart when the Word of God is preached. So today I want to share with you Six reasons why non-tithers become poor. Six reasons why people who do not tithe, people who do not pay tithe, reasons why they become poor. You think it's a good thing to learn? Yes. Or because you are non-tither, you think we shouldn't talk about this. I think um, knowledge is power. Hallelujah. You may have come this far because of certain knowledge that you have. And what is going to take you further is the knowledge that you do not have. And so open your heart to receive. Amen. Amen. So six reasons why non-tithers become poor. Let's read Leviticus chapter 27. Leviticus chapter 27 and verse 30. Leviticus 27 and verse 30. The Bible says, and all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy unto the Lord. Hallelujah. All the tithe of the land, whether of the seeds of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. 
It is holy unto the Lord. It is holy unto the Lord. God is saying the tenth, the tithe means tenth. The tenth of every fruit that comes to us. The tenth of everything that comes to you belongs to him. This is God claiming what has come to you. He says that which has come to you, a tenth of that belongs to him. Hallelujah. And God has plans for everyone who fulfills this promise. He has plans for everyone. He has plans for asking for this. Amen. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10. According to Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10, let's flow quickly. We're going to read some few scriptures, so just be awake and alert. He says, bring ye all the tithe into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Hallelujah. This is a very powerful scripture. It's one of my favorite scriptures. And I love it. I love any scripture that God gives to me as a challenge to what he can do for me. And I love to stand on the scripture and ask of the Lord. But first, he says, first, bring ye all the tithe. The promise comes after you have brought in all the tithe into his storehouse. All the tithe. Not sometimes. Church? Hello? I said, not sometimes. But I said, all the tithe into my storehouse. That there will be meat in my house. And when you have done that, then he throws a challenge. He says, you see, this, you have to just do it and prove me. See what I will do if I will not open the windows of heaven upon your life and pour you out a blessing. Hallelujah. He says, do this and prove me now. Do this and prove me now. If I will not do this for you also. Hallelujah. So the people who do not do this experience the opposite. They do not experience the opening of heavens upon their lives. Amen. So I want to give you a few reasons or reasons why non-tithers become poor. The first reason, number one, they have nothing to harvest. Non-tithers become poor because they have nothing to harvest. They have nothing to harvest. Hosea chapter 8 and verse 7. He says, for they have sown the wind, they have sown the wind, and they shall reap the whirlwind. It had no stock. The bat shall yield no meal. If so be it, if so be it yield, the strangers shall swallow it up. Hallelujah. He says, they have sown the wind, and they shall reap whirlwind. If you sow wind, you will reap wind. To sow wind means to sow nothing. It's a good policy. If you sow wind, you will reap wind. And to sow wind means to sow nothing. The harvest is nothing. It's zero. Because you sowed nothing. Amen. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? If you sow wind, you will reap wind. Hallelujah. Sowers are reapers. 
When you sow, you reap. Isn't that so? When you sow, you reap. The reason why some people don't get gifts, they don't receive gifts, is because they don't give gifts. Not giving gifts means you receive no gifts. Amen. There are some people, they never give gifts, but they are always expecting people to give them gifts. Are you with me? They never give gifts, but they expect people to... How many like gifts? You like people to wrap nice things and give to you. Yes. If you don't sow, you don't reap. Amen. It is, it is even in the natural. It is in the natural. People who get a lot of gifts are people who sow gifts. Amen. You are someone who never attends anyone's funeral... You don't make any funeral contribution. And then you have funeral. And then you are angry that people did not come. You have never attended anyone's funeral before. And you are angry that people did not come. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? You are having your baby and you want a baby shower. And you have a long list of things that you want for your shower. Meanwhile, you have never sown anything to anybody's life. No, you have never contributed any significant thing in anybody, anybody's baby shower. Or maybe everybody's baby shower, all you buy is a box of diapers. But when it's your baby shower, you have a list of you want a crib, you want a stroller, you want an umbrella, you want everything like you want it. And you, are, and you are angry that the people didn't buy them for you. And you are angry that all they gave you were diapers. Meanwhile, all you have sown are diapers. Whatever you sow, it is what you reap. Look, I don't make up things. Do you understand? I don't preach synthetic messages. Somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? Yes. I don't preach synthetic messages. I'm preaching real messages. Is it true or not true? When people have babies and they want to help them, when mothers, new mothers come home, we have a policy to help them, cook for them, because sometimes it's difficult. Some of them have cesarean session. Some of them have difficult situations, busy, no help, and we organize to help them, cook food for them, and so on and so forth. You have never done any of this before. Now that you have a baby, you want us to cook every form of food. Food that you have not eaten before, you want us to bring to you. And you are angry that they didn't bring the food to you. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? You are, in fact, you are angry. Those who do not sow, they are the ones who get angrier. Angry. There are some of you, you don't contribute anything in the church. No contribution. You don't do anything. You don't work. You don't make, you don't make any contribution. But you expect the church to do a lot of things for you. And when it doesn't happen, you are angry. So it's in the natural. Do you understand? It's in the natural. What, when you sow, 
you will reap. And when people sow into your life, they expect to reap from you also. <laughs> Do you understand? People are not happy when they have sown into your life and you are not allowing them to reap. Hallelujah. So, sowing always involves some form of sacrifice. Sowing involves letting go of something that you could otherwise have eaten or used. Do you understand? That is sowing. Sowing involves what you could have otherwise used. Sowing always involves something that you could have used. Something that you could have eaten. Seeds that you could have eaten. Fruits that you could have eaten, you sow. In return for some benefits or for reaping. Do you understand? So it is, instead of eating it now, you put it away. You put it aside for some time and you expect to reap in the future. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? That is sowing. You choose to postpone what you could have otherwise eaten now and sow it and in return you reap more than you sow. Anytime you sow something, you reap more than you put down in the ground. Whatever fruit or seed you put in the ground is going to bring up more fruits than you put in the ground. That is sowing and reaping. Hallelujah. And we are saying that non-tithers do not do this thing, so they do not reap. Is that clear? Non-tithers, they eat all that they have. They eat everything that they have and don't sow any part of it. And so when the harvest time comes, what do you think is going to happen? You will reap nothing. You will reap wind. Unless you have some small of your thing that you save. You didn't sow. You save it. And that is why many people, all that you have is the small savings that you have. You have worked and worked and worked and worked. And all that you have is a small savings. Small savings that is in your account. And every time you go to the ATM, you are hoping that perchance the bank will make a mistake or something will happen. And I don't know why you keep going to look. That you are hoping that the bank will make a mistake. Somebody may accidentally put two instead of three in their account number and the money will come to your account or something. I don't know. But you go and then you look. And it's the same $304. And then you are angry. After so long, after many years, same $304. I'm preaching a very practical message to you. Amen. So that is what happened to non-tithers. They sow nothing and so they don't reap anything. They have nothing to reap. Amen. The second reason why non-tithers become poor is that non-tithers do not attract blessings. Non-tithers do not attract blessings. Non-tithers become poor because they do not attract blessings. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10. Again. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10. It says, Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in mine house and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, 
If I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out what? And pour you out what? And pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And pour you out a blessing. God says he will pour you out a blessing. Now, if you live in this world, blessings should mean a lot to you. Blessing should be something that you cherish the most if you live in this world. It is important to have blessings in your life. Life without the blessing is full of struggles. Life without the blessing is full of disappointments. It's full of tiredness. Hallelujah. It's full of frustrations. When there is no blessings in your life, you live a life of frustration. Hallelujah. Life without a blessing is like driving like a manual transmission car. You see? It's very difficult. It's very difficult. You use a lot of power to change. By the time you get to your destination, you realize that you have driven. You see? Especially if it's a used car. Used manual transmission car. By the time you get home, you feel that you have worked. You feel... And whereas there's another type of car where you just cruise. Do you understand? And it just... It's, you just... You, you, you don't even... You just enjoy driving. You know, there are certain cars you just don't like driving them. Isn't that true? Yes. When you have blessings in your life, it's like manual transmission. Blessings without life without blessing, it's like manual transmission. When you want to make a small 90 degree turn, you have to use a lot of force to turn. But there are some other cars, when there's blessings, it's like automatic transmission. It has power. You just put your hand like this and then it just turns. It's a small effort, and it just. Robert, have you seen one of those cars before? Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? It's like taking a screw, taking off a screw that is rusted. Life without a blessing. It's like removing a screw that is rusted. When you are removing a screw that is rusted, you need a lot of strength, a lot of effort. Is somebody listening to me? A lot of strength. And you make all this effort. You try so much. And it gives a tiny turn. Small turn. And then you look in how much progress you have made. And that is what happens to us. When we are living life without a blessing, you work and work and work and work and work. And you see a very small, tiny change in your life. Small change in your life. But when it's greased, when it's greased, when the screw is greased, you see, you make small turn like that and then. Have you been at the airport? At the terminal when you, are, when you come out of the plane and you are walking to the terminal, especially big airports like JFK or Heathrow, one of these big airports. It's a long walk. <laughs> By the way, by the way, now, 
just so you know, you have to go back to certain places and see that. Uh, man, I thought I had landed a wrong place. When I arrived at this new airport, I said, the plane made a mistake. And I came out of the plane and I didn't have to walk down the tarmac to climb and to walk in the sun. It was just too marvelous. It was just too marvelous. Look, when people do well, you have to applaud them. Okay? Yes. Beautiful. But if you have been to one of these airports, you realize that when you are doing these long walks, they have in between escalators. You see? You, they have escalators. And you see people walking on the hallway, taking a lot of steps. And then someone will just get on the escalator. I'm not talking about escalator that climbs. I'm talking about, you see, you have not been to an international airport before, so you don't know what I'm talking about. But you see someone walking on that escalator, gently taking steps. And the person, as you are walking with a lot of steps, trying to be ahead, you see the person just going like this, and you don't see anything. You see the person is just passing by you. But the person has no speed, no effort, just passing by you. That is a blessing in a person's life. It's like walking on an escalator. Amen. It puts you ahead. It puts you forward. So blessing must mean a lot to you. Hallelujah. Blessing must mean a lot to you. Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 4. We make a lot of effort. We do a lot of work. We labor a lot for wealth and for riches. But there's a scripture in Proverbs 23 and verse 4. It says, labor not to be rich. Labor not to be rich. Don't labor. Don't get too tired just to make wealth. Labor not to be rich. This is the Bible. And we must either believe it or not believe it. If we are Christian, this is the word of God. And the Bible says, labor not to be rich. Labor not to be rich. Don't work hard in order to get wealth. Don't exhaust yourself for wealth. To labor means to be tired, to work hard, to struggle. Amen. And the Bible says, labor not to be rich. So you would think, why should I not labor to work? So he says, cease from thine own wisdom. Cease from thine own wisdom. Stop thinking the way you think. Stop thinking that wealth comes by the way you are thinking. He says, cease from thy own wisdom. Stop thinking that way. He says, will thou set thine eyes upon that which is not? Will you set your eyes upon something that is not there? For riches certainly make themselves wings. They fly away as an eagle towards heaven. So the Bible says, labor not to be rich. Labor not to be rich. Do not use your wisdom to become rich. Don't labor to be rich. Don't think, don't use your wisdom that this is how you are going to become rich. Hallelujah. 
Because that is where the frustration comes in. When you are using your wisdom to be rich, you become frustrated, you become stingy, because you are afraid that the little that you have made, it will go away. You feel that you have worked too hard for this, that you can You see, that is one of the reasons why a lot of you cannot give. A lot of you are not able to give because you feel you have struggled a lot to just get this amount in your account. And so you don't want to give. Isn't that so? It brings a lot of confusion, confusion in marriages when people are laboring to be rich. When people are struggling to be rich, it brings a lot of confusion in families. Hallelujah. It brings a lot of sorrow. Sleeplessness. Amen. You say you are rich, but you can't give anything. You can't give. Even for the ministry, when we are raising funds, you can't give. But you say you are rich. Because you are afraid of giving. You are afraid of losing what you have. Amen. When we are laboring to be rich, it brings a lot of sorrow. It brings a lot of disappointment. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 6. Look at that. It says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be there with content. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish, hateful lusts. Which drawn men in destruction and perdition. This is when you are laboring, when you are laboring to be rich. He says, For the love of money is the root of all evil. The love of money. When you love money, you labor for it. When you love money, you leave everything and you go for it. He says, For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some converted after, now, to convert after, convert after riches means to last after riches. You say you love money. It means you can leave everything and go after money. Amen. Amen. That is to convert after money. He says, when you do that, he says, while some converted after, they have erred from the faith. Converting after money or lasting after money, it takes you even from the faith. It removes you from the faith. It makes you not want to come to church, but rather work. When you have conversation for money, when you have love for money, do you understand? It says, for the love of money is the root of all evil, which some converted after, while some converted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. They have pierced themselves. You see, you don't intend to do that. But the love of money, when you love money and you have left the faith and you have left God out of your life, 
you have pushed God aside and you are just going after money, the Bible says they pierce themselves through with many sorrows. Believe the word of God. I'm telling you to believe the word of God. But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and meekness. Hallelujah. It says, when we, when we make money on our own, when we are using our strength, when we have left God aside, to err from the faith means we have left God aside, and we are pursuing our own thing, and we are going after riches. We are working very hard. We say, it is, I, I, I need to, I need, if I can only work three Sundays continuous, I can make this money. If I can only work this, I mean, I'm taking off a break from church. And I'm working to make this amount of money. He says, when people did this, when people did this, verse 10, he says, they pierced themselves with many sorrows. So you feel that you have made money. You feel you have some money, but you are piercing yourself with many sorrows. Hallelujah. They pierced themselves with many sorrows. Amen. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? So, the many so-called rich people, many so-called celebrities, many so-called millionaires, they have pierced themselves with many sorrows. You see people living in mansions, but they are pierced with many sorrows. Sometimes you are surprised that someone overdosed with drugs and they have died and they, have, they had millions. They are billionaires. And because when you leave God out of your life and you pursue wealth, you, the Bible says they pierce themselves with many sorrows. Pierce themselves with many sorrows. Believe the word of God. Believe the word of God. Don't look at people's lives and see the glamour and think that they are happy. I am telling you that their lives are pierced with sorrows. Pierced with sorrows. Pierced with sorrows. Yeah. Amen. So, does God want us to be rich? Yes. God wants you also to be rich. So how? How? If we are not supposed to labor so hard, if we are not supposed to covet after wealth and work so hard and work many hours and leave the church and do so many, how are we supposed to do it? He says, if we do this on our own, if we are coveting after money on our own, we pierce ourselves with sorrows. We pierce ourselves with frustrations. We pierce ourselves with misery. We pierce ourselves with suicide. Amen. People have millions, but they kill themselves. Because they have set God aside, and they are pursuing their own thing. So Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 22. Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 22. The Bible says, The blessing of the Lord, the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich. That means it brings the same end result. It brings wealth. You see, God wants you to be rich. But it says the way to become rich is through blessings. Allow him to make you rich. It says allow him to make you rich. You will be rich through the blessings of God. I say you will be rich through the blessings of God. And the Bible says the blessings of God, that will make you rich. But it does not add any sorrow to it. 
all. It is the blessing of the Lord that maketh rich and added no sorrow to it. Your life will not be pierced with sorrows. When your wealth comes through the blessings of God, when you receive wealth through the blessings of God, the Bible says that there is no sorrow that comes with it. Is somebody understanding the word of God? Yeah. God wants you to be rich, but through the blessings of the Lord. He says this way of getting rich or getting wealth doesn't come with sorrow. It doesn't come with piercing. Hallelujah. True wealth and true riches come not by our strength. It does not come by our strength. It comes by God's blessings. The rich or the wealth that brings joy and peace, it is through the blessings of God. That is why you should go after blessings. Anything that brings blessings in your life, that is the thing that you ought to pursue. And he says, bring ye all the tithe into the storehouse that there will be meat in my house. And prove me herewith if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. And when this blessing comes upon your life, he says, you will not have room in your life to contain them. And not only that, there will be no sorrow added to it. Amen. Hallelujah. This is the kind of wealth where there's always singing and dancing in your house. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? This is the kind of wealth that you look forward for your husband to come home. Not the one that you dread that he will come home. Is somebody understand the word of God? So, the Lord warned. He says, this is how he wants to bless you. This is how you want. he wants to make you rich. And so, he warned the people of Israel in Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 7. He warned them. Look at that. Let's read this passage. Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 7. He says, For the Lord thy God bringeth thee into a good land, a land of brooks, of water, of fountains, and deaths that spring out of valleys and hills. That's your blessing. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I said God has brought you into a goodly land. Amen. 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 Then he says, A land of wheat and barley and vines and fig trees and pomegranates a land of oil, olive, and honey. A land wherein thou shalt eat bread without scarceness. Amen. You shall eat bread without scarceness. Amen. Amen. That means as you are eating, you see that your refrigerator is always full. We will never come to your house where you are, you are, now you are struggling to find juice for your guests and finding... Please... You say, I'll be right back. No, 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 no. And then you go and get a can of milk. Just because you have received a visitor. That's a, a struggle in your house. You know, there are some of you, when a guest is coming to your house, it's like a big struggle. But may you never have that struggle. There will be no scarceness in your life. So it says, you shall eat bread without scarceness. Thou shalt not lack anything in it. A land whose stones are iron. And out of whose hills thou mayest dig brass. When thou hast eaten. Now listen. It says, when thou hast eaten and art full. Then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God. 
for the good land which he had given thee. Are you with me? Beware. Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes which I command thee this day. Lest when thou hast eaten and art full and hast built goodly houses and dwelt therein, and when thy heads and thy flocks multiply, and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied, and all that thou hast is multiplied. Your silver and gold will multiply. Man, this earring that you have worn for since you've been in the church, oh, they will multiply. You see, the reason why you have worn that earring all these years is because you said you have not obeyed the commandments of the Lord thy God. You don't pay your tithes. The same necklace, whether you are wearing green, you are wearing blue, you are wearing yellow, the same pearls. And then you force to say to yourself, it matches my shoes. The pearls, or it matches your underwear. No, come on. But you shall be multiplied. Your gold shall multiply. Your silver shall multiply. He says your goods shall multiply. That is a promise of your Lord, your God. He has brought you in a goodly land. Why should you lack? Why should you have scarceness in a goodly land? Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yeah. She'll be able to come to a stage and say, Honey, this is the ring you gave me when you first met me. You wedded me. I need a new one. And that should not break the house. That should not break the house. There are nice modern winter coats. And this winter coat, that is like a boo-boo coat. It's what you have been wearing all season after season. We don't know if it's a Nigerian boo-boo coat or where it was made from. You say, I don't like to close my jacket. But the reason is not because you are cold, but it's open. Because you can't close it. You can't close it. Since 2003. Oh, we are changing it. I said, we are changing it. We are changing it. Don't you see the nice modern clothes that the women are wearing these days? A child of God. Oh. Should be able to also go and say two of these, three. Two of these. Spring, you are wearing winter coat. Fall, you are wearing winter coat. Winter, you are wearing winter coat. There are different clothes for different seasons. Huh? But you'll be multiplied. It says, and when they ha- thy herd and thy flocks multiply. You see, the Bible is saying when. It's not if. For the one who obeys the word of the Lord, it says when these things happen. Because they will happen. They will happen. It says, and when thy herds and thy flocks multiply, and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied, and all that thou hast is multiplied, then thine heart be lifted up, 
And thou forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee from out of Egypt, out of the land of Egypt, from the house of bondage. Some of you, the Lord has brought you really from the land of bondage. Hey! God has been good. I said, God has been good. You remember? I said, you remember? Hey! You remember a time where your bathroom, the, 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 the restroom, the toilet was far away from your house. You have to make a distance. You have to travel. And go somewhere. Today, the Lord your God has blessed you. You wake up in the middle of the night and you close your eyes. And you just find your way to a toilet. And you just sit down comfortably. You don't even look. But there was a time. Hey! I said there was a time. There was a time. You get to a place, your eyes have to be open. You can't close your eyes. You can't close your eyes. You have to take a lantern with you. Or a flashlight with you. (laughs) Amen. You know, and even now that they say there's a modern something, something, you are going to the restroom and they ask you, do you want soap? (laughs) Do you want tissue. Hey! I said the Lord your God has delivered you from certain bondage. But it says then thine heart be lifted up and thou forget the Lord thy God which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Who led thee through the great and terrible wilderness wherein were fiery serpents and scorpions and drought where there was no water. Do you remember? You had to carry water. To take a shower. You have to carry water. And then boil it. Today, you turn one on and turn the other and then you check the temperature. Whether you like it or not. And then you adjust and you adjust. And then the water is just flowing on top of you. Flowing on top of you. Just like that. Flowing on top of you. You close your eyes. You say you are washing your hair. It's a project if you were to wash. You have to have five buckets of water. You have to go and fetch. Today you just put your head there. It says when these things have happened to you. Where there was no water. Who brought thee forth water out of the rock of flint. Who fed thee in the wilderness with manna, which thy fathers knew not, that ye might humble thee, and that ye might, he might prove thee to do thee good at thy latter end. You see, sometimes when you are going through certain difficulty and certain challenges, and God has not given you something, he's teaching you to be humble. He's teaching you that when he has brought you at thy latter end, at thy latter end, that thy forget not the Lord thy God. Because some of you, as the Lord has blessed you, you say, my job, I cannot be here, you know, with this church, church thing. But before you had a job, you were here every Sunday, every prayer meeting. Every prayer meeting, every meeting, before the Lord blessed you. Before the Lord blessed you, you were here every meeting. Today, the Lord has blessed you. 
So, you don't need him much. You don't need him much. So sometimes, the Lord holds certain things from you to appreciate the difficulty, to appreciate the challenges, that you will know that this situation, it was only God who delivered you. This is the reason why he took the people through the wilderness. He says, I took you through the wilderness just to teach you remembrance, just to teach you humility, that you do not forget the Lord thy God. That you, today you go to the store and then you, one, two, three, you just pick up clothes and then go to the store. You don't even try them on. You go home and say, I'll try them when I get home. I don't have time. But there was a time that it was once a year. Once a year. There was something called already made versus Taylor song. Hey, have you forgotten? You said this one is already made. This one was already made. Hey. Do you remember? If it rains, your sauce gets wet. Do you remember? So he says, he do this to humble thee, that he might prove thee to do thee good at thy latter end. The Lord will do you good at thy latter end. Whatever situation you are in, his plan is to do you good at thy latter end. But it says, and thou say in thine heart, my power and the might of mine hand had gotten me this wealth. He says, we don't make wealth. Man cannot make wealth by his power. Man cannot make wealth by his own hand. Man cannot make wealth by his power. Therefore, verse 7, he says, but thou shalt remember the Lord thy God. For it is he that giveth the power to get wealth. Now, the power to get wealth is what we call blessing. It's a blessing. Hallelujah. That you remember, that you don't think in your heart that it is your strength. I've worked so hard. Some of you, God is blessing you. God is blessing you so much. You have not even stood here to give a testimony. Because you feel that you studied hard. You were the one that stood up, you, you, you kept awake to study and you passed and now you have become an Aaron. 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 Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Yeah. I say, but thou shalt remember the Lord thy God. For it is he that giveth thee power to get well, that he may establish his covenant which you swear unto thy fathers. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Is somebody understanding the word of God this afternoon? Yes. Amen. You know, I want to just give you some examples of, you see, the people in the Bible days, the people in the Bible who were wealthy, they understood this principle very well. They understood this very much. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? And I just want to give you one or two examples of such people, and then we will end our message here. So why don't you turn with me to Job chapter 1. Job chapter 1 and verse 1. Job chapter 1 and verse 1. Are you going to remember God when he blesses you? 
Are you going to remember God when he blesses you? Make up your mind today that when the Lord blesses you, you will always remember him. And the difficulty and the challenge, he will remove it. The moment you come to that resolution, the moment you resolve to yourself. So sometimes he places you in a situation and you know that no man can deliver you except that God delivers you. And we have all come to situations like that. That you acknowledge that this situation that I'm in, except the Lord intervenes, no man can help you. No lawyer can help you. No doctor can help you. No psychologist can help you. No marriage counselor can help you. Except the Lord delivers you. Hallelujah. Is somebody understanding the word of God? Yeah. Charlotte, do you understand the word of God? Yes. Amen. It says, there was a man in the land of Oz, whose name was Job. And that man was perfect and upright. And one that feared God and eschewed evil. And there were born unto him seven sons and three daughters. His substance also was 7,000 sheep and 3,000 camels and 500 yoke of oxen and 500 she-asses and a very great household. May that be your blessing. You see, when a young man stood here and says, I have made me a treasurer and I oversee something point something million i say in my heart this man will be a millionaire and this is the beginning of it oh as he has taken the work of god upon his heart and serving god like this there is no doubt in my heart you are here you will all see i say you will all see you will be a wealthy man i say you will be a wealthy man You see, the Bible says, I have been young and I have been old and I've never seen the righteous forsaken. The righteous forsaken. And that is why before we started listing Job's substances, the Bible gave the prerequisite about his righteousness. And when you are righteous, this is your blessing. So I see you being blessed. Yes. He says his substance was also 7,000 sheep. And a very great household. Great household. May you have a great household. Yeah. So that this man was the greatest of all the men of the east. And his sons went and feasted in their houses. Everyone his day. And sent and called for their three sisters to eat and to drink with them. You see? So his sons. is today, you know, today whose house are we having there? party. You know, they have mansions. And they say, the party is in my house. They say, no, 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 you had a party last week in your house. It is my house this time. It's my turn. They are fighting as to who will host. Because they have in abundance. You know, when we say we are having a meeting in your house, it's a big problem. And now that I, I have to go and buy a microwave, now I have to go and buy a DVD player. Now I have to go and buy a flat screen TV. Now I have to buy a carpet. Now I have to... No, 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 no. We can't have the party in my house. And then you cancel it. You need a condition in the goodly land. 
villagers and call for their three sisters to eat and to drink with them. And it was so, when the days of their feasting were gone about, that Job sent and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came along also. So there was a day when the sons of God came. They came to church. And Satan also came. You know, Satan even comes to church. You don't come to church. (laughs) Tell your neighbor, you should do better than Satan. (laughs) Tell your neighbor, this is your church attendance. Say, tell your neighbor, Satan is trying too much. The Bible says that the Christians gathered, and Satan also says, Hey, today is Sunday. They are going to church. Let me also go. And you are sleeping. You are sleeping. And Satan is on time. That the Lord took note of him. Amen. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. God asked Satan, he says, Where are you coming from? He says, I have been going to and fro. I have been going like from east to west, and from south to north. Every angle of the earth. And the Lord said unto him, Has thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil? Do you see? So Satan, even as he was coming to church, he has checked the houses of those who didn't come. He has checked them. He said, these people, they will not hear the word today. I know how to get them. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? He says, I've been going to and fro. I've been checking on the Christians. I've been checking on your people. So the Lord asked him, have you checked on my servant's job? And the Lord said unto Satan, has thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil? Have you just checked on him? And Satan answered the Lord and said, does Job fear thou God for not? I want you to listen to this very carefully. Look at that. God just asked Job, look, if I come to you and I say, have you considered my friend Joseph? What would be the question to me? I say, have you talked to my friend Joseph? What would be your question to me? No, who is Joseph? Who is Joseph? You are, uh, uh, you, you are looking for something. You are looking for, you are looking to buy a car. You are looking to buy something. And I said, oh, but have you talked to my friend Joseph? That's the question you will ask me. Who is Joseph? Isn't that so? But check this guy out. When the Lord said, have you considered my servant Job? He didn't ask him who is Job. It means he knows Job. He has checked on Job. 
So God was describing Job and giving him his accolades, the righteous man, the one that feared evil, eschewed evil. He knows him already. I said, Satan knows you already. He knows your address. He knows where you live. He knows that you, you don't like prayer meetings. He knows that you don't like coming to church. He knows you already. He says, I've been going to a fro. Every end of the earth. He didn't ask him, who is Job? He says, oh, I've checked Job already. I couldn't do anything for him. I couldn't do anything to him. And then he said, does Job fear thee for not? Does Job serve you for nothing? Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? And I'm going to show you something that Satan knows about that you have not taken seriously. He says, has thou not made an hedge about him? He says, I have considered Job, and I have observed. He says, have you not made a hedge? You are asking why I have not tried Job. You are asking why I have not destroyed Job. Have you not built a hedge around him? That means the enemy knows who has no hedge around him. He knows who does not have a hedge. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? He has tried Job. He has gone to Job's house. He says, has thou not made an hedge about him and about his house? Look, it is not just about having wealth. It's not just about working hard to make wealth. But the hedge that is about your wealth, the protection that is around your house, how the Lord will preserve it and keep it for you. Because, my friend, you have no idea the plans that the enemy has concerning you. The Bible says that he cometh not. He says he's a thief and he does not come but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Whenever he's coming to you, he's not coming with any good intention, but he intends to steal from you what God has given you. He intends to destroy what God has given you, and he's intending to kill you. And what is preventing him from doing this is the hedge that is around you. The hedge. He says, has thou not made an hedge about him? about him personally, his health. Have you not protected him? And about his house, you see, that means that your marriage, your children, your, your belongings, the reason why your microwave has worked for 14 years, because the Lord is keeping it for you. It's working. And the reason why your microwave, you bought it three months ago and it's broken, is because there is no hedge. Satan will come into your microwave and break it so that you will buy another one. Everything in your house. You, you bought a TV, you alone, the same TV people have bought. As for you, you just bought it, you say it's not working. They say ship it, but you have to pay for shipment. He knows how to waste your substance. But God will build a hedge around all that you have. He says, and about his house, and about all that he hath on every side. Everything that he has is protected. Means your marriage is covered. There's a hedge around your marriage. There's a hedge around your children. There's a hedge about your possessions. Amen. Amen. There's a hedge about your bank account. Amen. Amen. You see, you have no idea the enemy's plans for you. Do you understand? He makes you waste. He makes you waste. When we ask for Old clothes and set your closet. You saw how the enemy has made you waste certain things. You go to the store. You are going to buy one thing. You end up 
buying five things because they are on sale. Because they are on sale. And you know you don't need them. Do you understand? You know you don't need them. You say, one day, one, what do we call that? Macy's one day sale. Macy's one day sale. You have cooking pans that you have piled in your bedroom. They are kicking you out of your bedroom. Cooking pans. All kinds of cooking pans. And the only type of food you make, you don't ever use any of these cooking pans, the type of food that you eat. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? He makes you waste your substance. But God will protect you. God will make you wise that you don't waste your substance. You don't buy stupidly. You don't buy unnecessarily. You don't waste your substance. Amen. Says a hedge about him and about his house and about all that he had on every side. Thou hast blessed the work of his hands and his substance is increased in the land. This is the key that I want you to know. That Satan knows that for your substance to increase in this land, in the land that we live, for your substance to increase, it takes the blessings of God upon the work of your hand. So it doesn't matter what you are doing. When the Lord blesses your hand, when the Lord blesses the work of your hand, your substance increases. I say your substance will increase. Your substance will increase because of the blessings of the Lord upon your hand. There is so much that we have to share and we are going to pause here. I have a lot to share with you. My words are not done, but my time is done. So we will pause here and then we will continue. Next time we meet. Clap your hands together for the Lord. And stand onto your feet. Stand to your feet. Oh Jesus. Oh Jesus. Father, we are thankful and grateful in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness and for your mercy. We thank you. Father, we thank you for your word this afternoon. We thank you for your blessings. We thank you, Lord, that you have ministered to our hearts. We thank you for the wisdom that you have imparted onto our lives this afternoon. We glorify your name. We praise you in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We great praise. We give you this afternoon. You are not born again. You have not given your life to Jesus. You are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. If that is your prayer. With all eyes closed and every head bowed, perhaps someone invited you to church. You are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus. If that is you, wherever you are, just lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. Is there anyone else? Anyone here like that? You want to give your life to Jesus. You want to receive Jesus as your personal Savior. Beloved, do not leave this place without receiving Jesus as your Savior. Is there anyone here like that? Lift up your hand, your right hand, wherever you are, with all eyes closed and every head bowed, and I'll pray with you. Anyone else? Anyone here like that? Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. We give you praise and honor in Jesus' name.
Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, why don't you clap? We believe you've been blessed by this timely and powerful message. We invite you to join us on Sunday afternoons for our Duel of Heaven service and Tuesday evenings for our Word Power service. For more messages by Reverend Bright and Kuma, please subscribe to the QFC Bronx North podcast or contact us at 929-247-0738. Stay blessed.